don't know if you want me to be speaking today. I was just reading our notes and it says Jeremy hates. And I was like, his name is spelled wrong. You hit the wrong key. <laughs> no, no. Jeremy hates. No, not I, know. Gates. I know. I know. I know. That's okay. I know. I was just wondering what was so funny in the middle of the. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? My own misreading. Uh, yeah, it's the New Utah Podcast. It's episode 153. Dun, dun, dun. Three more episodes until the, the fainted three-year leather anniversary. Isn't it leather? Didn't we decide? And crystal. Leather, leather and, and crystal. crystal. So we're all going to get leather-bound crystals to hang around our neck to promote good health. Or leather chaps. If you believe in that bullshit. I got some oils in the next room if you believe in crystals. So <laughs> uh, I believe in crystals more than you oils. I believe in none of it. I actually believe in oils more than I do crystals because the like extracts like peppermint extract, like it actually has medicinal properties. They used peppermint oil back in the day before Big Pharma came in and started basically recreating some of the stuff in peppermint. That Peppermint's actually good for your chickens, by the way. That's good for everyone. I don't have chickens, so it's probably not good for mine. I don't think I'm going to rub <laughs> like raw chicken with peppermint oil. True. It's usually safe to eat. But I think it might make the chicken taste a little funny. That might be a little strange. Yeah. Peppermint chicken. I had some eggs this morning. Some of your eggs this morning for breakfast. I need to cook mine. My drunken eggs. I love how they're just so much better. Fresh eggs. <laughs> they're, they're just like the dark, dark yellow yolks and just the, the, the flavor is so much better. It's really weird how when an egg's not like six months old, it's yeah. delicious. And the fermented food we've been feeding it. Still not 100% sure it makes a difference, but... I don't know. I don't know. You've done a lot of work. I like the the signs. The that, signs uh, that. What was it? Maya that made Julia them, or Julia and Brian, or, or the weekend, and they made signs for the chickens. Yeah, I like those. Uh, <laughs> I was a fan there. That was that was full, that was uh, cool. So one of them said, uh, "Privacy, please, ladies bathing or yeah, something." So that's over the dust bath. And then over the door that goes into the chicken coop, it says, last one ends a rotten egg. Which, to be fair, I don't know how the dust bath is not going to have chicken shit in it on a regular basis. Surprisingly, so far, they haven't. They're like, they step into it, and they're like, nah, we don't want to poop in here. We bathe. Everywhere else is fine, but not in our bath. I guess, yeah. I haven't had to clean They're like, we'll just shit wherever we're at, but not in this thing, ladies. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, so I'm one of your hosts, Chris. Um, my wife, Bree, is missing. MIA. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know where she's at. She's not dead or anything, but she's definitely not here. Uh, Jeremy is the one that has a bath of naked chickens well, that he rubs peppermint oil on and they shit on everything. That's the chickens. Um, and then uh, Miss Jess is the other one that's over there that laughed during the intro. You guys won't hear it because I'll just blank it out. But she, Why don't you just leave it? She thinks because it, it doesn't sound good. You don't know. <laughs> no, I do, actually. I'm the one that does the editing. It doesn't usually sound good. Um, man, that that uh, that, ep- that last episode that I, I uh, edited took a while. Uh, it was, it was oh. quite quite the episode to edit. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, episode 153. This is a show all about Utah. Um, good, bad, and indifferent. Um I wanted to, I think Bree wanted to, to share, but she's not here, so I will uh, give a couple reviews because I went to some new places this last week. Uh, Bree and I took, I think we talked about it, we took our friend uh, John and Jody to an escape room uh, with their kids to get them away from their Alzheimer's adult mother. 
And is his brother living with him too, or something? Yeah, Paul lives with him in the basement. Um, and so, but I don't really know Paul, and I don't actually give a shit about Paul's sanity. I only care about John, Jody, and the kids. Right. And, and the kids were really struggling. Like Allie was, Allie was having issues because she's seeing like grandmother devolve into like this angry, crazy fucking person that's like a child, but extremely angry and an adult. Yeah, that would be hard as a as a kid to see your grandparents because you, you idolize your grandparents. Yeah, you love them unconditionally, and to see them turn into that and be just ruthlessly mean to your parents, like it's while you know that it's a disease and that they're devolving, and you still, when you're like eleven, twelve years old, you don't really grasp what's going on. Yeah, so that would be tough. So we wanted to give them a bit of an escape, and we we took them out. Uh, we went to dinner at Chili Teppan downtown. The place is pretty damn good. Uh, really fucking busy on a Saturday evening, <laughs> um, but pretty good. Pretty good Mexican place. Um, really popular apparently. Um, pretty much a, a no frills menu. Like it's front and back, and it's straight up like Mexican food. Like the real deal. Chimichangas, some a couple moles, just two different moles. Um, you know your typical Mexican fare. You know where's it at? Um, it's right on Second South and like Second West, basically. Mm. Just just one block east of the gateway, uh, gotcha. behind Pioneer Park, kind of. Um, nice, nice place. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I would recommend it to to anyone um, if you like Mexican food. If you don't like Mexican food, you probably just really shouldn't go to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> but their queso was really good. Uh, so anyway, there's that. And then um, we went to uh, an escape room for the first time. We went to mystery escape rooms in the gateway. I was going to say, what was the theme? Because they're typically themed. So, yeah, they have four escape rooms. And so Bree and I were looking at which ones to do. And she saw, you know, the first thing she did, she's like, well, these four sound good to me. I'm like, yeah, those are the only four they have. Why don't you narrow it down some more? (laughs) And so she narrowed it down to two. And we decided on the Peter Pan one. Uh, There's a a hook one uh, where you have to do some code deciphering and stuff like that. Um, and I book it, and turns out that that weekend it was in beta, so I got the tickets for half off. Oh, wow. So instead of 30 bucks a person, it was 15 which was really cool. Um, it was not quite finished. Like, it was finished, but some of the puzzles weren't quite working properly, like the mechanisms to release different things. Um, but, man, that was I've never done an escape room before, and it was a really fun experience. It was a... Uh, we beat the best time that they had recorded on it so far, um, by a lot. <laughs> That's cool. I've, um, I've seen one online that was like a, a cold room, cold war room is what it's called. So it was all cold war related and yeah, it's all themed really well. Um, it is a bit cramped for like we had 10 people. So there were the six of us and then four random two two other couples that were just total randoms. And some of the spaces got a little cramped for 10 people, and they, they, they go up to 12. Um, also, I couldn't handle the stupid that was coming out of the other two couples. <laughs> Holy fuck. They were dumb as rocks. And, and John said, actually, his highlight of the night was, was Bree and I both freaking out at different times about how ridiculously dumb these people were and how we had to get away from them because we couldn't handle their level of stupid. Like, just... Just could not stand being around it. It was really difficult for us. That's funny. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It made made you think. Um, how, about how long did it take? About 45 minutes. Uh, we, we went.
went through in about 45. Like I said, we, we just smoked their best time. So they're designed to be about an hour. So you have a 60 minute timer. Um, so all in though, I would say, uh, we were in and out of there within an hour and a half. Oh, for the time you walked in the door and the time you walked in. Yeah, yeah, because there's some stuff up front you do with the waiver, and you got to pay attention to some stupid video and about, you know, don't fuck things up, and here's what to expect. And then we did a little survey at the end because it's in beta, and they wanted a lot of feedback, so. Um, But the... The guide that took us through was a lot of fun. The whole the whole thing was just a real great experience. Cool. So I would definitely recommend an escape room to anyone that wants to do one if you're thinking about it. And that place was fun, Mystery Escape Rooms. It's right in the gateway. And I got to tell you, the gateway is really turning into a uh, a really cool entertainment district. They're, they're really focusing on restaurants and experiences. Uh, I also discovered at the gateway why... Every VR place I've ever been, been to has blacked out windows because the one at the gateway does not. And we walked by it on the way out and, you know, you see and no one can actually see this, but you, you're walking by and you see plain as day, like people just like waving their arms frantically <laughs> in the air. And like you can look up and see on the screen like what they're probably seeing. Um, and it's, you know, they're like punching stuff or like, you know, sweat, but it, they look ridiculous. They just look like idiots. So. That's my re- that's my review of Mystery Escape Room. So, cool. Do you got anything? So yeah. Anything? So actually, as I was pulling into the driveway tonight, I got a call from IFA that my bees will be here on Saturday. So that's exciting news. So bees on Saturday, which is a good thing that I cleaned out the beehive <laughs> last weekend to get ready. However, I did find one thing kind of cool, kind of. Kind of a little sad, but kind of cool. It still has quite a bit of honey in it, which means that they didn't swarm. It means they all just died. Because if they had swarmed, they'd have taken all the honey with them. Yeah. Well, we you knew that, right? Because they had gotten attacked by wasps. Yeah. I, I so. mean, I was, I was. But I'm surprised the wasps didn't take all the honey. Well, it's because I, I think I caught it soon enough. Because we had harvested you and Bree and I had harvested, yeah. and then the idea was I, I was going to do it about three weeks later. But it was about a week and a half later I checked on it, and the, the numbers were down significantly. So I kept a close eye on it. So as soon as I figured that they were dead, I plugged all of the, 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 holes, the holes so they couldn't so that nothing in. else could get in there. So you get some free honey out of it, or do you leave it there? I'm, I'm going to leave it, because what that'll do is that'll boost the new bees. That'll give them like a month's head start. Oh, so they'll just have a whole bunch of honey there that they can convert into babies right, and honeycomb. Right and, off the bat that they'll use. Yep. And uh, I mean, they'll still gather their own, but that, that gives them a, a, a little bit of a reserve right off the bat. So hopefully, come August... I get an even bigger. Yeah, that does that help them reproduce faster too? Yeah. To have that big store there, so they yep. can beef up the colony quickly. Yep, because they because they don't have to put quite as much effort right up front. Because normally there's nothing; it's completely empty. So they're going to spend those first few weeks just building up their honey reserves. But where it's already got some amount of honey, they can take off that right off the bat. So when that when it starts, if you don't have any honey in there, because I know you leave a little bit of honeycomb on there. But how, do they naturally just go up to the honeycomb and start filling it out of the box? If there's already honey in it? Yeah, if mean? there's not. Like when you normally get them, do they oh, just so if, fly if, up out of the box or do you have to reposition them and stuff? So no, I mean, once, they're, once they're in it, once the queen does her thing and they accept the queen and she starts giving the commands, they they just attach to the, the, the boards up top yep, and go. Yep. So, so like, like the very first year that I did bees and there was no comb at all, within 
Well, within the first week, they'd built probably eight complete off bars. Of the, off of the top bars. Off the top, complete. That's crazy that they do that naturally. And then within two weeks, there was, the box is about half full. That's insane. Yeah, they'll they'll build, and so the thing is, though, that, that they'll concentrate all their efforts on that first. Yeah. But my hive, where I've already got all the comb, they don't have to do that. And then now, where I've got a decent amount of honey for them, that's one more thing that. Well, and you cut the comb off, so yeah. When I not... take the honey, I cut the comb completely off. So, that, yeah. but they'll rebuild that whole thing. Oh yeah. Pretty quick. That's really cool. That's really cool. So yeah. So this Saturday, bees. Hopefully, the weather's decent because. Well, I have had one year where the weather was really bad on the day they were supposed to deliver, and they postponed. So if the weather's really bad, then they'll postpone. But that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're supposed to have decent weather for Saturday. So anyway, Saturday, B's going in. Let me see what I'm doing Saturday. I might come over. Can. I'm just going to invite myself over because I want to see the, the bee box. You're good at 71 and sun. Oh, 71 yeah. and sun. So yeah, we should be. Yeah, that's a that's a good RSL game, but I can come over in the morning. Well, I'll do it in the morning because you if yeah you don't want to do it at night. No, you don't want to do it at night. And if you get you can pick them up all day, but most people are going to get them in the morning because you're better to to put the bees in the hive in the morning. Yeah, because then it's they're not there in the heat of the day. They can and start to establish. Night's and, bad because they're disoriented. How, how many days to eat the queen out? Well, that <laughs> to eat the queen out. <laughs> I can answer that for you. <laughs> How many days to get the queen out? So typically, I'll check. Well, I say that, listeners, because in case you didn't know, they actually do eat the queen out of a tube. There's a little box, <laughs> a little wooden box with a tiny hole in it. And <laughs> you put what's called a, a, what do they call it? Bee sugar or something like that. It's it's actually a marshmallow. You stick a little marshmallow in there so the queen chews on it from one end and the bees chew on it from the other end but while she's doing it she's letting off a huge amount of pheromones so she's telling them all join my hive and so by the time they get her out typically they've accepted her as the queen usually so i usually check it within about two to three days and she's always been out so 24 maybe 48 hours i'm guessing so it's really unexciting the first day you just kind of throw them in the dumping them in there's kind of cool because you dump it like dump it and they all come pouring out and then you take the 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 box. Do you have to smoke the shit out of it? Oh, them? yeah. Then you take the box, and I just set the box down underneath by the main uh, opening. Just so they can have a place to come. And then leave them. it for the rest of the day, because they'll migrate out of there, and then yeah. they'll make their way into the hive. And then you just take the queen and stick her right in the... Because yeah. she's already in the box with yeah. them, right? And Listen, I already have this week's title. Just How many know. days does it take to eat nope. the queen out? The bees are coming, and so is the queen. <laughs> wow, wow, that's too long for iTunes. So they say if, they say if she's not out within about four or five days, you need to get her out. But I've never, in all my years doing it, never had to do it. I've never had that. I thought it was funny. No, you were funny. You were funny. The other thing is, if you don't get that box out of there, they'll completely encase it. In honeycomb. Oh, really? Yeah. The, so, and you put it in the hive, in the bottom of the hive. Mm-hmm. So I take two of the bars in the middle and separate them. And the little box has a metal hook on it. Mm-hmm. So you hang the hook on it and push the bars together. And then like a couple days later, you got to open it up and pull open it Open it back up, take that out, push everything back together. Cool. There's a lot of detail on beekeeping. <laughs> um, if People you like that ever, stuff. I, I think it's cool as hell. It's like, fascinating. I do too. I think it's amazing. I keep thinking I should put a beehive in the back fence, but it keeps getting hit by fucking cars. That's so. true. Don't put it too close to the fence. 
I don't think my neighbors would appreciate your friend. The bees, your but... friend's doing bees this year, right? Yes. Did she, she got? Did she get her some IFA? Uh, no. Oh. She, no, but she got them last weekend. She oh, collected she, them from a hornet's nest. No, <laughs> she ordered them somewhere. I can't figure out why there's no honey. It's weird. <laughs> and they it's weird. So they, they're fucking assholes. <laughs> I don't. They keep eating dead ants. It's weird. <laughs> I wonder if she got just getting hers from Bert's bees or not Bert. What is it? The, Bert's bees. That's a that's that's, that's a chapstick. The, the the one downtown. Like I didn't ask. Anyway, yeah. About, I think there's three, maybe four different places that you can get them from. What about you, Jess? Any fun shit you did this weekend? I don't have bees. Well, I know. I don't yet either. I didn't ask if you had bees. <laughs> I'm not as cool. <laughs> but did you do any fun shit? Uh, I put down grass seed. That was about a six. That doesn't sound like six fun to me because I've done that. No, there's just a couple of spots that I had to, to patch in. If it doesn't work, I'm just tearing out my grass. So. All of you um, put some AstroTurf in? <laughs> I would just you don't ever have to it. mow it. That's true. I don't even mow it anyway. So <laughs> I don't have big enough space. I just have a trimmer. Does your HOA mow it? No, she's a weed whacker. You're a weed whacker. Oh, just because it's a small space. Yeah, it's not just that big. Just put AstroTurf so. in. I don't even need it. Concrete? Like, yeah, I would probably be rocks and sand. Then your roommate will have another place to park. What? <laughs> in the backyard, back- on the concrete. No, you can't even get back there. Well, Silly. Whatever. Uh, no, I don't. Did I do anything? I saw Endgame twice. God, that movie's so good. It was good. We can't really spoil it, but... I think we have a couple more weeks. We have to I, wait. I think, and I, I, this is what I've said to people, because it's not really a spoiler. It's like the first minute of the movie. It's the first movie I've seen. So, first off, it may be one of the best movies ever made. Like, it's just such a complete picture. But you definitely really need the context of everything that's happened in the MCU prior. At least in the last Avengers movie, if nothing else. Um, but it's the first movie where within 60 seconds of of it starting you're right back in the place where the one left you at the end of, mm-hmm. of the the second avengers movie of the infinity war yeah. movie it was like just fucking despair and sorrow and sadness and you're like fuck i forgot that happened because captain marvel just came out a couple weeks ago and you're like that movie was fucking awesome like girl power like fucking fantastic movie and you kind of forget that what fucking happened at the last Avengers? Like, I'm glad you thought it dies. was fantastic because a lot of people do not like that movie. Yeah, they're all fucking assholles. Don't like which movie? They don't Captain like good Marvel. things. Oh, they don't like her. Yet. I like her. I've liked her since she was I don't a kid. Give a shit. You know what I watched is Unicorn Store, which is fucking oh, yeah. You said Bree, that. Last week. and and, uh, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. It's a fucking weird ass show, but I loved it. It's like um, it's got like Garden State. I do have a really cool story because I just love Megaplex and I just really like Megaplex because they're nachos but I really wish that they would actually melt the cheese all the way through. <laughs> it's my biggest complaint. Anyway, so they always do these like uh, tints, like collector tins for openings and so we went at like 8.30 on Thursday night and they only had, there was five total. They're like they, the little popcorn tins. Yeah. Cinemark does this too. Um, So they had I see them um, savers all the time. Iron Man, nice. <laughs> Iron Man, um, Black Widow, the Hulk, um, Banner, and then um, uh, Captain America. But apparently, at every single one, Iron Man sold out first. Like, of course. So, 
I was on a mission. I was like, I'm going to find, I'm going to find this Iron Man tin. So I was like calling up and down the valley and I had seen it over the weekend anyways, but they were already sold out by Saturday. And I had like a year or so ago emailed a manager at the Centerville Megaplex about an issue. And we had kind of just talked. And so I was like, Hey, I don't know if you're still at Centerville, but this is, I have a question for you. <laughs> if you have any, like, let me know. And so that was on Friday, I think. And so Monday I get to work and I have an email that's like, hey, like I'm commuting up to Logan, but my wife is still at Centerville. Unfortunately, those sold out. And then he kind of like asked me about my experience over the weekend and, and, and we got talking. And then later in the afternoon, he sent me an email and they found one Iron Man tin and he has it set aside for me. Awesome. How rad is that? That's, That's pretty cool. sweet. It's pretty flippin' rad. So, but uh, even though they don't melt the cheese through the nachos, <sighs> is it because the tins are metal and they're no? They just do it. They too don't fast. put the nachos in the tins, Jeremy. They're popcorn tins. No, dude. no, the nachos, the 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 ultimate nachos. They don't throw. They don't throw them in the salamander. They, no, but they are. They're in a metal tin. Well, you know, they're in a foil thing. Yeah. Anyways, they just need to learn. It, they don't have to rush it. Just I thought you thought that sure. she was talking about the popcorn. That would be a lot of nachos. nachos. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> That's what I, so I was thinking, no doubt it doesn't melt all the way through. That's a big old... No. So you were fucking no. thinking that, too. Oh. <laughs> see, I was right. He was fucking thinking the wrong thing. No, 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 no. Definitely popcorn <laughs> see, in that tin. <laughs> which I don't ever eat all of the popcorn because it's just me, but... I like those tins. There's a level of obliviousness that comes with Jeremy. So our fence, right? <laughs> like our fence got fucking hit. Um, and we talked about it. Yeah, um, a couple weeks our, ago. Our fence gets hit. Bree sends Jeremy a picture of the fence, right? Fucking wood destroyed standing up next to the fence. The fucking chain links caved in into my yard. And Jeremy goes, looking good. You guys are getting close. Even I, though you finished your fence like months fucking ago. Fucking in November. <laughs> I thought maybe it was the side fence that the, yeah, the that old, you could oh, see the, the fucking one. street through. The only crappy side that you can literally see the street through I the can, hole. I get it. He's talking about the chicken side. Because two of your sides you have redone. So I thought, oh, maybe they're redoing that. And then Bree's like, no, somebody hit our fence again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> clearly he does not. That's what I'm saying. Like Jeremy, like there's this, there's a level of like normal attention, and then there's Jeremy <laughs> attention way down here. To detail, I think it's from having kids. It's rotted my brain. Yeah, you just kind of turn off like yeah sure whatever honey <laughs> fucking fourth kid jonathan's like dad does like i can tell him that i raped a girl and he'll be like yeah that's cool that's cool son. <laughs> do you have homework <laughs> yeah did you do your homework oh man not really not really hopefully jeremy would pick up on that and, yeah i'd and catch up on i'd catch that one. have a talking to him before it got out of hand yes have you had the talk with jonathan yet yeah maturation was like three four months ago no so wait, wait, wait. The talk you waited until the fucking school had the talk. No, we've had, had the, the talk, talk before that, but I'm saying maturations. Yeah. And it's a constant talk. It was with our kids, and I think if oh, you yeah. don't, if you don't have a constant oh, it's talk with even your with kids, my even with my nearly adult children, it's yeah. Well, a, it should be a constant. Conversation. It should continue to be a constant conversation with the one that's out of the house. Don't get pregnant, dumbass. Yeah. Don't get STDs, dumbass. I'm not sure if you saw this tweet that I retweeted last week. I thought it was pretty funny. This is very relevant, by the way. Somebody tweeted out, as a beekeeper, I chuckle at the whole birds and bees adage for sex talk because the queen mates with 10 drones in the first two weeks of her life. Their dicks fall off and plug her body. Did the dickless drones fall to their death? The queen stores a sperm for use later. <laughs> yeah. 
She can lay eggs for up there's to your, three years. There's your birds yeah. and the bees for you. Yeah. She fucks the, <laughs> like 10 dudes. Like, and that, then. So there's a massive, there's a bee gangbang. <laughs> write that down. That might be the show title. There's a bee gangbang. And then all the I'm dudes die. All the dudes die, and then she's got enough. And of then it. she's like, all right, everyone fucking serve me because I fucked 10 of you. I'm going to make nothing but women because I don't like dudes. So birds and the bees. Because that's what she does, right? They're almost all female in a hive. Yeah, like, There's only a handful of males. Like 98% are female. Yeah. And the males the males are just there in, in case, case the queen dies so they can fuck a new queen. Oh, which, by the way, I did also see two queen cells. So it does tell me that the, they, that were, they were trying to make a queen before did, they died. Is there royal jelly in them? Probably. I didn't open them. I just, saw, I just saw them in there, but I didn't cut them open or anything. Dude. But there's two of them. Dude. You don't need the royal jelly for the new queen, right? No, because you already have it. I mean, no, because you already have the queen. Jeremy. Sell it on the black market. What What black market? No, 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 no. I, I don't care. Tiny. I want some of it. I want to try it. Right. I don't want to pay for royal jelly because that shit's expensive. All right. I'll cut it out for you. But yeah, I would love to try it. Right. Have you had some? Uh-uh. I've never tried See? it. See? You could try it too. Once once the new hive takes over, they'll just, just they'll dismantle it. Yeah, they'll dismantle the, it the and they'll cells. fucking give it to the queen to eat. But uh, It's her jelly. <laughs> man. Do you think it's made out of male bee semen? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone a really bad route. Jess, what's going on this week? <laughs> Why is it my fault? No, it's not your fault. I'm trying to get you to tell events so that we can get off of, like, bee fucking. Oh, you want me to talk about events? Yeah, because there's too much bee fucking going on now. I'm, like, in my brain, I'm picturing this, like, bee gangbang that's occurring between a queen and ten male bees and all the female worker bees just staring on, like, why can't we get a piece? I'm sure you could Google that. There's something out there for everyone. Should I look it up on Pornhub? Bee gangbang. No, I feel like it wouldn't be. I think I it would be, be like. It'd be I feel a bunch like it would more, me, more be like. What if I did like verified like amateur or something like that? Verified amateur bee gangbang. Do it. <laughs> Stop <laughs> happening. I'm not doing it. Okay, you want event? So, uh, it's not too late this weekend to get your Tour de Brutas tickets. Um, even if you just go to like one, I feel that it would be worth it. Hmm. Um, they're going. Get on your bike. And go to different breweries around Salt Lake, all the way up to Ogden. Um, there's the a brand new. Part. That sounds fun. There's a brand new brewery in Ogden, um, so that's awesome. And then the next day, on the fifth, you can go support Logger Palooza, uh, which we've been talking about for the last month. Um, if you're a home brewer, this is a great event that the Bohemian puts on. Um, the person that wins the grand prize gets to actually brew um, brew their beer. Their beer, yeah, in one of the stills. So that's pretty cool. And when we were at Bohemian, they talked about last year's, and that uh, was, it was in one of the that was the Cerveza that. one, wasn't it? That was uh, the Cerveza might have been two years ago, but it was no, through, it was a type though. Yeah, that, that was, was derived from one of their home yeah. brewers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think I talked about this, but um, I added it to the list. So on the eighth is a Taiwan American Heritage Week Festival. And I just thought this was really cool because we always have, like, me being a jerk and not mentioning the Nihon Matsuri that was last weekend. Because <laughs> I mention it every year. Um, so at 7 o'clock at Hillcrest Junior High School, they are doing a free performance. And it's called, uh, I think, Shinergy uh, Puppet Show. And it's a 90-minute show. It's 3D. It's puppets. It's lights. 
And if you know anything about Asian culture, they put on amazing shows. And I have a feeling this is going to be so this super is like rad. A, this is a Taiwanese show. Yep. So is the underlying message come, please help China keep us from China's grasp? Is that... <laughs> Please put your ships in the South China Sea so China can't. No, but us. today I learned about funeral strippers in Taiwan. That was what? one of the things I learned about today. What? It's it's true. Yeah, I want strippers. It's at a new my thing. Funeral. It's a th- it's literally a cultural thing. Over I want there. like eighty year old strippers at my funeral. Though they have to be age appropriate. If I die, <laughs> <It's> age <laughs> so if I die, if if I die at forty, I want forty year old strippers. If I die at sixty, I want sixty year old strippers. Please don't die at 40. Age appropriate strippers. <laughs> That's going in the show notes. I learned a lot of things today. I feel very educated today. Um, so Should I next say age week, appropriate Asian strippers? Yes, because that is what the cultural yeah. thing is. So, um, I'm culturally appropriating that. <laughs> I don't see why. Funeral why strippers. Uh, okay, so the 11th. I got to add funeral in there. Yeah, for the show notes. you have to. Yeah, because sure that's part of accurate. it. Thank you. Uh, the 11th is the Made in Utah Brewers Fest, and it is a first, the first Brewers Fest for the, Ma- the Made in Utah, which they do different festivals through the summer and through the year. And it is at the Gateway from 5 to 10. It is 21 and up. And I know that sounds surprising, because, but like think about Tour de Bruta. Yeah, but this is an, about this is about tasting brewing beer. Right. So ten brewers all the way from Vernal to Ogden, um, four distillers, food trucks, music. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. That's what I'm saying though. The gateway is totally turning into this like awesome events and, and entertainment mm-hmm. space. They're holding all kinds of stuff like this down there. Well, That's the point. That was what they re- they've been rebranding yeah. for. Well, and it's funny that you say that because one of the other events that I am talking about on the seventh is uh, at Wise Guys downtown. They um, it's an all women improv show that will be benefiting. Planned Parenthood. It's a $5 minimum donation. You can donate as much as you want. It's at the big room and for wise guys downtown. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, so it's all, it's all women. And and it, if you haven't been into that wise guys, it is amazing. It is so much better than any of the other clubs that they have had around the valley over the years. It just knocks the socks off of the small room at Trolley or even the big room at West Valley. It's a fantastic space to watch comedy. I've only been to the West Georgian one besides that one. So uh, anyways, so go support that. Uh, There's a lot of really great improv women in town. And then uh, we've been leading up to this, uh, the 10th, 11th, and 12th. And a lot of the tickets for the events are sold out. But it's the 150th anniversary of the Transcontinental. You can actually get the best view of these trains if you lay on the tracks on your belly. <laughs> you can watch them coming from a long distance. You can feel them too. It's like it's, 3D. You just vibrates. It's 4D, dude. It's not just 3D. True. You live life in 3D. Now you're adding other sensations. You'll wow. be able to smell the smoke, feel the vibrations. The steam. The no, there's smoke too. It's not just steam. It's coal-fired engines. That exhaust has got to go somewhere. Here's the thing. I feel like they wouldn't even let you close to the railroad track. No, they really won't. And then you're an idiot if <laughs> and you the, And it actually says that in a, a like idea. if you go on the Union Pacific website, it talks about how close you can actually get to the trains. So. Despite dumb the Western movies, they're, they're pretty But dangerous. if you, so, so if, many dumb ways crap, I didn't bring die. that notebook, but, uh. Did you guys ever see that set of commercials that they made? I think it was like the New Jersey Transit Authority, the dumb ways to die stuff. No, but there's that TV show, Thousand Ways to Die. No, dude, that is fucked up. Don't even bring that up. 
<laughs> Anyways, go to up.com, I believe it is, for the Union Pacific schedule because the big boy and the, mm, what's it called? The Living Legend is yeah. coming to town. And I feel like the best place to go see it's going to be up in Morgan and Echo area. So. Set fire to your hair. <laughs> I feel like you don't really get the true meaning of this without watching that video. (laughs) Today's show brought to you by... Did you know at one time they used to cover you in in honey and milk and then they would just like drown you and let the bugs come and eat you? That's a good idea. I also learned that today. I'm I'm all into the natural <laughs> the natural funeral. Like I don't want to be fucking. No, it was involved. like a tort it was like a torture. I want to be buried. Then. I don't care. You can fucking do that too. As long as I'm dead before it happens, I don't care. That's the whole point, is that you're not dead. <laughs> They're still, feeding you honey and milk and I, I would still like bugs, bugs to are come eating eat you. me and turn me into soil. I That's keep, actually a thing, and Washington is working on passing a law for that right now for composting. You should be able to do it. Like, I don't think you should. Look, I'm I'm joking when I say I want you to plant a garden on top of me. But like a fruit tree would be fine. Like, just fucking plant something on me. Let the fucking soil and the bugs do what they're well, supposed to do. To the my whole bones. way they do it now, where they dig, put you in a concrete tomb. And you're embalmed with so many fucking so chemicals that are terrible anyway. For the record, you don't have to be embalmed, and you don't have to be in a tomb. There are natural cemeteries in Utah. Yes. And uh, I believe it was the last legislative session. They passed the aquification process, which is my new favorite thing to talk about. So. Yeah, except for it's still a type of cremation. It is, but it's... It it's more environmentally sound, yes. but it doesn't actually put nutrients back into the soil. Which yes, is the you big, just dump you in the ground. Yeah, but there's no nutrients left. That's the problem with any kind of cremation is it zaps the entire thing of nutrients. No, actually, that's wrong because they give you the juice that comes with it, and that's what has all the nutrients. I, I'll send you the so article I just So I can pour read. the people juice on the, yes. uh, the people juice on it's my garden? It's called Soylent yes. Green. No, it's not. That's what people. Soylent Green is, it's let's people. be honest. I I'm gonna send you the article because it's awesome. Dumb ways to die. This is by the way. <laughs> I fucking love that thing, and it's a, it's actually an ad. It's a song that was made for an cartoon. ad to avoid railroad crossings. They made an app, like a video game, like a game that you could play with it too, with those characters, and it was all about not fucking sitting on railroad tracks and doing stupid shit near train tracks. But it's like talking about all the dumb ways you could die. We used to go put pennies. My grandparents' house is like one house away from the railroad tracks and we used to go put pennies on the tracks. Jeez. Doesn't derail trains. I know every kid thought it did and it's like... No, we just did it to smash the pennies. (laughs) We don't want to derail a train. Like everyone (laughs) that was like, oh, go put stuff on the tracks it'll derail a train. Like anyone that did that, like why the fuck are you trying to derail a train you fucking psychopath and then you go look for the penny i remember doing that but i never found my pennies after speaking of which uh we are going to talk about a psychopath today although i don't think he was a psychopath he wasn't so much a psychopath no the The whole thing was just circumstances and then also like what happened after so yeah it is he got arrested it It is is very significant it is the end of the month and so we're going to do our infamous utah segment where we talk about um, fucked up Utah criminals. I promised to post it sooner. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So um, Gary Gilmore, who we're going to talk about, but I think we'll we'll get to a little bit of news first, and then we'll we'll jump over to uh, to the the story of Mr. Gilmore. So can we talk about farming first? 
Yes. Well, I have it on my phone. Sure. Yeah. So when I sat down, I uh, got a notification from Fox 13 that this weekend, oh, Saturday, yeah. May 4th, is World Naked Gardening Day since we've been talking about gardening. That's gardening, not farming. Yes. Farmer Luke is not going to be can butt-ass farm. naked on his fucking you, tractor. Yes, you can. That would be hilarious. He's you not can. going to be out there naked on his tractor, I promise you. Um, also, so, not practical, by the way. A lot of chafing. Listen, this guy's working next to grapevines naked, so well, so here's fine. how the cities are ranked. I do not want the wine that comes out of those penis grapes. <laughs> <laughs> They're ranked warm but not hot, so 75 degrees. Penis grapes. 100% <laughs> sun and a gentle breeze of five miles an hour and relative humidity at 45%. Okay, that sounds like a really beautiful day, right? So Bakersfield, California is number one. Ogden, Utah is number two. Yeah, that's because they don't have clothes up there. Um, whoa. Then <laughs> Detroit, St. Louis. Again, Detroit. They don't have money for Lakeland, clothes. Florida, which surprises me because it's, it's really humid there. That's probably a nudist colony. Los Angeles, Memphis, Salt Lake City. Salt two Lake City. Two cities in Utah in the top ten for... Of nude farming. Of nude farming. I think that's pretty much amazing. Uh, there, if there wasn't a big giant hole... Do you think... What if Peter nude farms... Nude Gardens. I'm sure he does in the privacy he of his like, own greenhouse. He's like in the middle of nowhere, Ireland, so why not? I mean, not? he's probably gotten really drunk and been like, I need to mow the lawn, but not had clothes <laughs> on. I'm really sad because when the kid comes home this weekend, I'm not going to be able to walk around nude anymore. It does put a damper on things. It does, man. My dick just likes to be out and free, and it just can't be when there's kids in the house. Nope. And they're adults, but uh, it's really not appropriate. It's not the same. Hey, by the way, don't ever show up unannounced to my house in the morning or you're going to get a face full of wiener. Wow, let's show what? today. I'm sorry. Pretty I've got... amazing. Well, we started by talking in depth about B-sex, so I don't know what you want from me. It's not... So, okay. Um, so, naked farming this weekend. So, let's talk about uh, the Mormon church for a minute, shall we? So, um, about two years ago, um, so this is a long saga that dates back hundreds of years. Way back in the day, this organization decided to form called the Boy Scouts of America. So, 1902 is when the Boy Scouts of America, well, no, the Boy Scouts were formed in Britain. Yeah. 1902. 1910, it comes to the United States. It becomes the Boy Scouts of America. Boy Scouts of America. 1920, the LDS Church decides to do away with their current young men's program and adopt the Boy Scout program. Because here's this great program that teaches young boys to be better people. That's already in place. That has a lot of good stuff, and they will totally allow religious organizations in um, and... Years and years and years, and the Mormon Church is the biggest purveyor and the biggest supporter of the Boy Scouts of America. They donate tons and tons of money every year. They allow all their ward houses. And this is, in particular, very visible in a place like Utah. Right. Well, and the thing is, since the LDS Church has been the largest backer of the Boy Scouts, and they've made it a requirement throughout the church, we're talking all of... Yeah, all your young boys. All of America, Canada... Um, South America, some other countries, but primarily in the Americas is where it's the most prevalent. They've made it a requirement for their leadership to be involved, which I have issues with that because that means people that aren't necessarily interested in the scouting program are being put in as leaders, but they're doing it because they don't know how to say no to the church. But that's a different story for a different day. Anyway, so... 
2012, the Boy Scouts of America comes out and announces that they're going to allow gay leadership and LGBT scouts to join. The church makes a statement that says, if you do that, we will back out. The Boy Scout says, as a pleasant, happy reminder, uh, we are not an LD or we are not a religious based organization. We which is have been. which is bullshit, by the way, because every there. If you look around the country, get out of get out of the state of Utah, look right. around the country. I've all been mostly churches. They're all tied to churches. Every churches. single troop just about is tied to church. It's very rare to find a non-denominational troop it, because it some true. of the fundamentals, the values of like the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts is a belief is, in God, is a belief in God. Right. And so it's really hard to say that's not a religious based organization. It, it is. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I and I do agree. However, that that was their statement: is we are not religious based. We're not tied to any single religion. We do not profess religion. Now that is true. And then they also told the LDS Church, "You are welcome to run your charter however you choose. We are not dictating that this is how every charter has to be. We are just saying, in general, that we are changing. We're with the going times. to be open to this. Troops this in California can have gay kids. So at that time, twenty twelve. Between 2012 and 2015, the LDS Church gets rid of the upper-level scouting programs, the Varsities and the Ventures. They cut that out completely and say, well, we're taking this away. Last year, they announced girls were involved. They So the, the church said back in 2012, if you allow this, we will back out our sponsorship. We will back out our support. And they have slowly been doing right. that over the last eight years. And so last year, when they announced girls would be admitted into the Boy Scout program, that was it. Well, look, here, here's the truth of the matter. The Boy Scouts are suffering because the Boy Scouts are a bigoted organization and have been for a long time, in large part because of the Mormon church. It's they true. struggle. They struggle for fundraising. They struggle for community support, and especially in the last 10 years. And that's part of why in 2012 they made the statement they made, because prior to that, they had been very anti uh Gay leadership and, and, LGBT. and LGBTQ kids being in the scouts. And guess who wasn't? The primary competitor in that scouting space for females, the Girl Scouts. Right. And they said, you know what? We welcome everyone. Not only do we welcome everyone, but if you have a little boy that wants to be in the Girl Scouts. They're welcome. They're welcome to be here because right. the Boy Scouts is a hate-filled, bigoted organization. It's, it's become such, which makes me sad. So, And that's so. That's part of my frustration is I'm, an, I'm actually very proud of it. I'm an Eagle Scout. I... I, growing up, I was in the scouting program. We moved a lot when I was a kid. We were very poor when I was a kid. For me personally, scouts was something that meant a lot. No matter where we lived, no matter where we moved to, it was something that I could almost instantly get right back into and be a part of. So we'd move to a different state. We moved to a different area. My parents and you found a thing that you were find this because when, so, so when we lived in Iowa, it, it was non-denominational yeah. scouts when we moved here. Anyway, but the point is, everywhere we moved, as soon as we, they, my parents found the scout trip and got me back in, to me... There was a place of acceptance. It felt like felt. home. It felt like I picked up right where I left off. So for me, personally, scouting was important and it meant something. So fast... Well, I think scouting teaches kids valuable things. It does. So fast forward to now. So 2019, January 1st, 2019, the church will no longer be affiliated with the Boy Scouts of America in any way, shape, or form. 2020 or 2019? Or, or 2020. Sorry, 2020. So only a little more than half a year. Yeah, but they now. said two years ago that was happening. They, yeah. So, I mean, it's... They've it's, just now put the firm date, put on, the date it, on it. And they, they've actually said, here's the programs that are yeah. replacing And they've it. come up with their own... Which they've already been piloting, which... program to take over. You know... But so 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 my my two part frustration my first frustration is 
it never should have gotten to where it is. However, you can say that all you want. It was the way the it was when you were a kid. It's always been that it's, way. But it ne- religion should have never been allowed to take over the scouting program like it has. However, I it mean, would have never survived. It is what it is. The second thing is, is because the the church made it a requirement. It forced a lot of people who weren't interested to be a part of it, and I think that's part of why it suffers. Now you have a whole bunch of leaders who really don't give a shit, but they they won't say no to their church leaders, so they're the scoutmaster. But I don't – look, I think that might be true on the local level here to some extent. I don't think that's true at the national no. level. No, so so that we're, – we're talking Utah. National level, different story. However, the church should have never been allowed to be as much a part as they, they have been, but because they have for 100 years now, now that they're pulling out – it's going to kill the organization. Well, look, the organization probably wouldn't have been as pervasive and big as it was without the church. That's the thing you have to remember. The church used it as their young right. men's piece. And they did. For a hundred years, basically. And now they've said, you know what? The values of the scouts don't align with us. And we need to, for, for our purposes, make our own organization. And the downside is because the Boy Scouts of America decided to push those fucked up values for so long. Yes, they're fucked up. If you disagree with me, find another podcast. Um, but the idea that, that you can't be inclusive of, of people, especially kids. That's right. my, that's my that's issue with like, the new program so is that it's, it's fucking kids. So like, that's so, so my, my big umbrella for all of this, the ones that suffer are the kids. Are those kids who really do enjoy Scouts, who really do want to be part of Scouts? My own 11-year-old is a perfect case. He loves Scouts. He can still be part of Scouts. He can, but no longer through the church. That's fine. So so we need, we're going to have to go out and find a different group. And I think that will continue to happen. I don't. I think Scouts in Utah will become more like it is across Everywhere the country, else. which is... It exists. It's actually more, it's, it's almost more prestigious. The thing that was weird for me when I came to Utah is all the fucking kids were getting Eagle Scout badges. Like that's unheard of in the rest of the country. Like getting your Eagle Scout badge in another part of the country is a serious thing. Like employers in back East, like an employer sees a resume and you're an Eagle Scout they understand like what it takes to get there in Utah. Fucking people put that on their resume. And I'm like, I don't give a shit because every other fucking kid your age got right. one in the military. If you're an Eagle Scout, you automatically get your first rank advancement when you join the military. Yeah, it means that much. So anyway, my, my whole frustration is the kids because the church no longer will no longer recognize it. If your child is a member of the church and wants to go to scouts, he now has to go against the church to go find a scout. Troop. I also don't know how successful that program is going to be within the church. That new one. I don't know. I hope it fails anyway. Well, I, I, th- I think there, <laughs> I think it's going to be a struggle because I don't think it's going to produce the same kind of results that scouting did. Cause the thing about scouting is while there was an undertone of God through all of it and churchy bullshit, it was still ultimately at its roots, not about God and churchy mm-hmm. bullshit, but about learning how to do to, things like and how to camp, all and kinds fish, of stuff, tie knots, and be a, a productive member of society, and yeah, because give back the and different service, yeah. the different merit badges involved. There's life saving. There's there's you learn swimming. I mean, so you learn like skills, and there's well, they're not the only church to do this. By the way, the Baptists did this thirty years ago. They've created their own young young men's program that that 
lines up similar to scouts. And I actually don't think it was successful uh, because they, the, the problem is they put too much church in it. Kids don't want to go to church again. Scouts is fun for kids, right? They get to go fuck around and be idiot teenagers. You go camping, for, go start fires and, for an hour or two weeks. No, they're really ridiculous. These kids, it's like stupid Lord of the flies bullshit that goes on, it's, but it's fun for the kids. It's fun. <laughs> but, what happens when the church takes over completely is instead of being just fun for the kids, now it's, oh, I have fucking Sunday school on Wednesday night. Now it's like Bible camp. And now it's now they're less uh, attracted to do it. And by the way, whatever top thing you get out of that doesn't mean dick to anyone. No. And yeah. so it's no longer the Eagle Scout thing. So I would encourage you to find a troop for Jonathan right. that is not LDS and tell him that his friends are stupid. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well the other youngsman stuff's gonna do, but I would encourage you to 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 find yeah. another troop for Jonathan. So, like I say, ultimately, it's the kids that will suffer in this debacle. Anyway, it just it makes me sad and it makes me frustrated. In other Mormon news, uh, <laughs> a BYU valedictorian uh, in his valedictorian speech uh, actually came out. Publicly, so he had come out to friends and family prior, but uh, during the some valedictorian speech, yeah, sure, some of them. Um, it's a look. It's a fucking scary thing for a gay student at a university like Brigham Young University that is incredibly Mormon, where technically, by terms of the honor code, you can be gay. It's not a violation, but any action, uh, any well, and admitting it, isn't it? You can't even admit it. Can no, you? no, they don't have a problem with admitting it. You just it's cannot just act, act on it. it. Oh. Which is like the stupidest bullshit catch 22. Which is ever. the church policy, the new church policy. Yeah, it's like don't ask, don't tell. It's really mm-hmm. fucking effective, idiots. Um, but anyway, so a lot of a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I think it's really cool to see that happen. Uh, I I think he got a fair amount of support. Um, personally for me, I think it's a big step at a university like that. It's it's weird that still in 2019, it's a big deal for someone to come out and for someone to come out publicly at a place like that. It's crazy to me that we're still in a time where that is something that should have notoriety and should get attention. I know Jess has other thoughts, though. Well, no, uh, I have made many mention before that I'm a glutton for punishment and I like to read people's comments and <laughs> first, she likes to, first she likes all, to read comments I, she likes to walk through flash floods so um, I like to live I like to live dangerously yes she does folks um, so anyway so a lot of people were like oh, why and, and so first of all Matt had permission he had to clear his valedictorian speech through um, I don't know if it was a professor, counselor who okay. does that at the college. It was okay. I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure it's um, actually a committee or a dean. Yeah. So and then a lot of a lot of the comments were, oh, his own agenda. Well, frankly, he was chosen as the valedictorian. It's his responsibility to share his it is, story. It so. is his fucking agenda. That's the whole point. That's why you have yeah. someone that's voted as valedictorian amongst the people that are the top in the class. So on another point of view. I wanted to share something that my friend Arlo posted. Um, Arlo is gay and is married and uh, very active in the LGBTQ scene in Salt Lake. And he said, I normally don't post commentary on news, but the recent coming out of BYU valedictorian Matt Easton has me wary. 
And there is a warning embedded for people who are watching. The Mormons don't approve of him coming out. They want you to think they approve of you if you identify as LGBTQ plus or have same gender attraction. They are lying. This is a PR move due to the deservedly scathing news about their recent turn back of revelation in quotes. Hmm. They need a feel good story to bolster their public view. And then Arlo says he fully supports Matt. Um, but he said, don't tie, don't tie, whoops, sorry. Uh, don't tie the Mormons to him in a positive way. They are still a deceitful organization working to po- uh, oppress rights, civil rights, and are still the cause of increased youth suicides in Utah. Yeah, I didn't get that out of this. I didn't get that BYU as a whole supported him. I didn't get that the Mormons supported him. I think it's cool that, that I he think it's neat he that. did it and I'm really excited that it was approved and to everybody that says it's and, and an honestly, agenda, it's his speech. He and, may have done it without the approval. That's what a fucking person that has conviction does. Because when you get up to give the speech, you know, whatever they fucking approve in writing doesn't mean you can't say something else when you're up there. I just thought Arlo's take was interesting to talk about i think it's true i i don't think that it's i look i don't think that matt wrote that speech to make mormons look good i think matt wrote that speech for matt to come out publicly in a in a space that he thought was appropriate for him that would be a bit of a shake-up for the university and i guarantee you it was it's creating a lot of press. That's it's, why I asked if they stripped him of his... Yeah, so the article that we had originally posted was from KUTV, but their site is ridiculous to print from, so I went and got it from CNN. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it does make national headlines when... Because BYU is BYU, because the Mormon church is the Mormon church. They're so publicly anti-gay uh, that this is a big deal to have a gay student make it all the way through and be valedictorian and be able to basically... Be valid. I mean, that look, means you're the number one person of your a, entire graduating class. Approved speech or not, it's a big, giant middle finger to the university and to the Mormon church for him to say, fuck you, I'm gay, and I was still able to get through this. Good for him. A- and to me, that's a, despite you, I made it through this. Right. And that's kind of how I viewed it, and that's why I think it's really awesome. I don't think it's great for BYU. Uh, I don't... This this was what I was saying. Like, it's really sad that it's 2019 and this is still a story. And it and it's yeah, and it's shocking. Yeah, because like, of BYU. Well, I, I mean, it would honestly, it's 2019. It would be shocking if the valedictorian at the University of Utah did the same thing, right? It's it's more shocking that it's at BYU, but it would still be making headlines. At just about any other university, unfortunately, uh, and it's because it's still seen as like this this bad taboo thing in in the main world and sometimes sometimes some of us are so involved with that that other scene with that i don't even want to call it counterculture but it kind of is um but but in the the lgbtq scene that we forget that the rest of the world isn't as accepting that's true. as as the people in that community and so I mean, just look, look at Provo and Orem. They're two of the least diverse communities in the United in the States. US. Yeah. They're they're number one and number three in, mm. in terms of shitty non diverse cultures. So um there's still a lot of a lot of room to grow there. So uh Kennecott's reopen. <laughs> Finally. It was supposed to open earlier, but because of weather they postponed six years. Twenty thirteen. So uh, they didn't postpone for six years because of weather. <laughs> no, they postponed because there was a giant fucking collapse. <laughs> right. but what, you know, which was funny is we had been there probably two months before that happened. 
we took the kids up there and and went to the visitor. That center. was funny to you. I've never like, even been there. Like, ironic. We almost died. No, ironic. We would have been there two months later. We would have died. <laughs> it was ironic. Funny. So, we we, we talked funny. about this before, but the in 2013 they had a basically uh, at least one engineer probably got fucking fired. Uh, hopefully more, but they had a catastrophic collapse of one of the sides of the mine. It destroyed the visitor center. Did it? No one. No one was injured though, Mm-mm. right? Because it was like on a Saturday or something. Um, Sunday or something. But it buried some trucks, some of their giant trucks. And, and it wiped out the road. Yeah, wiped out the road completely. And it's basically taken them six years to unbury it, re-engineer everything, put a new visitor center up, uh, and it's finally open. So visitors can now go up to the Kennecott Mine again and look down into the giant hole. Are they ch- are they charging for it? Because I, I want to say it was. it used to be like $5 for your car or something like that. You paid... At the little toll yep. booth. Tickets are $5 each and children under the age of five are free. Okay. And then admissions will be donated to the Brigham Canyon Mine Foundation to support local I charities. I think it's the Bingham. Whatever. It's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool to stand up there. And, <laughs> you're right. It is Bingham. <laughs> to look down and see. And then it, if, 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 there was a plaque up there that told you about the trucks and some something like, and I don't remember this, don't quote me, but it's like... Two hours for a truck to start at the mm-hmm. top and get all the way mm-hmm. to the bottom. It's like a two-hour drive. That's crazy. And you can sit there and watch them. It looks like they're going in slow motion, but it's because it's like a house on wheels. Those trucks are so oh, big. Oh, they're big. The, the tires are like 20 feet tall. My dad worked there for like 13 years. I never went. It's cool. Those those open strip mines are kind of cool, but it is, every time I look at it, I'm like, this is just, uh, this is... Uh, there's no way something like that would be allowed to be started no. nowadays. Well, I mean, so what we're seeing is actually the inside of the, the inside mountain. inside of a mountain. A it's mile of mountain being tossed out. out. Side. So everything that we see is like actually the inside out of a mountain. The mountain that was there is so long gone because as, yeah. they, as they dig it out and dump it off to the side. So those of us here in Utah, when we look out at that mountain range. Well, and that's why it's all green right there. All the copper and because all Because the, the copper's oxidizing yeah. into the air, and so it's, and it's turning green. It is literally a mountain range. This thing is unbelievably big. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a mile deep, basically. And you can see it from space. Yep. Big, it's that big. Gaping hole. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no way something like that would be approved now. No male bees plugging that hole. Nope. <laughs> Nothing's plugging wow. that hole. Uh yeah, let's talk a little bit about the weather. <laughs> wow, <laughs> man, this is this is a bad podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, amazing. folks. Thanks for sticking around. No um, way. So this is crazy, and this is it's not only happening in Utah. My boss showed me a picture today that the border of uh, Kansas and Missouri is flooding as well right now. So climate change, folks. Uh, yes. So we've been in a massive drought in Utah. Uh, and we've been talking a lot about how much snow we've gotten this winter. Um, so snowpack levels are 150 to 180% above average throughout the state. And what that means is the Great Salt Lake is going to rise two to three feet. So to put that in perspective, though, the Great Salt Lake is one of the biggest inland lakes in the world. It can also be seen from space. That's two things that you can see from space. For that bad boy to rise two or three feet, that is... But to be fair, the average depth is thirty. It is true, but 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 boats can float this year. But for that, for the whole thing to raise two to three feet, you think about the amount of water that takes. And Great Salt Lake is not the only one that is increasing. They're expecting 
uh, many, yeah, all of the other ones. We, we talked so like about Lake it. Lake Powell and we Deer talked Creek about and, that's really good because especially the reservoirs down yeah. south really need it. But we we've been talking about the danger of flooding along these creeks and these runoffs, and it's very real. It's very serious. Um, the interesting thing about the Great Salt Lake, that article from Fox 13 that you printed out, Jess, um, they actually talk about how big of a deal that is, not just for the lake, like basically right now, but as the seasons change because a big chunk of precipitation is lake effect snow that doesn't happen when the lakes are lower. And so it, what it'll mean next year is perhaps bigger uh, dumps of snow from the Great Salt Lake. That's exciting. And and more rain, and, too. Unless you live in Farmington. <laughs> it also or Bountiful. Means, we it, always had it in Bountiful. <laughs> it also means a lot more snow for the ski resorts, right. which is which is the big thing there. So, um, But in terms of those rivers and streams flooding, um, so there's a downside. There's a big downside. So uh, we had a bunch of fires last summer, um, really bad ones. Um, like record-breaking. Yeah, like record-breaking and then another record-breaking fire right after that. Uh, and what happens when you have a bunch of fires is you don't have vegetation to hold in the moisture and you get massive mudslides uh, as Do you remember runoff happens. Probably 10, 12 years ago, the one just behind Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Out in Farmington. That like came down to the Lagoon property. Uh-huh. Well, and there were some houses there that the houses on their on their giant pylons were came down and with coming it. out. Yeah. And I think that happened before I moved back. I don't remember that. S- Santa Quinn Canyon uh, just had a big mudslide. Uh, yeah, that is going to be blocking the road for at least three weeks. They said fifteen feet high wall of mud. It's I That's so unfortunately so on the video it doesn't print the videos out when I print these. It doesn't print the video. No, it, well it's yep, like it a picture. It, it does, but the problem is you have it double sided, so, so you can only see. But I don't the, print this double sided. So, I'm just anyways, <laughs> um, it's ridiculous, and I. I don't know what, what's the backside of this. Like if it goes up Nebo Loop, if you were up the canyon and how you would have gotten out. <laughs> well, it's a loop. So there's it does go up through the back the way. Side, yeah. It probably connects to Nebo then. Anyways, it, it is it's it's bad. Yeah, I, it's not just like the snow that was up Provo Canyon, you, like you, it's debris. Like Spanish Fork and Price, you're gonna have the same issues. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Honestly surprised that snow is melting out of price. It's surprised gonna... we haven't had more. I'm not wanting them. I'm not saying I want them, but I'm surprised we haven't had. Part more. of it is so. The nice thing is like how like today it, it was really cold today, mm-hmm. kind of rainy. That helps for sure. When it shoots up to 70 degrees, that so, snow melts fast. So, so this, this weekend, weekend, it's gonna melt fast again. And so having the cooler days in spring really helps melt a little bit slower. Yeah, and then you have, you know, all the canyons that are flooding and hey look who joined us finally at the end no one can hear you i don't know you should be on why not there we go there (laughs) we go uh breeze here now but you came just in time because i think we're done with news yeah but i didn't have time to reread my gary gilmore stuff from like a month and a half ago or whatever that's all right you know what we talked about before you got here what be gangbangs we talked about how a female bee fucks 10 male bees, cuts off all their dicks, kills them, and then makes babies for three years. Super sad. I missed that. Yeah. I said, accidentally, I said, how many days does it take for them to eat the queen out? Because I was actually talking about eating the sugar cube to get to the, the queen. Show? I'm just trying to catch her up here <laughs> on eating the queen bee out. Jess wants to know, um, what what do you call the episode? 
what makes the boy beast come is the, the queen no. coming, something like that. Bees are coming and so is the queen. Oh, okay, yeah. That was much more clever the way she says it. Thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, now we're on to our, our, our famous, infamous criminal So segment. the part that I can't participate in because I didn't come prepared? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, you'll participate, I'm sure. So uh, we... I'll we, just ask questions. We meant to do Gary Gilmore um, a while ago. <laughs> Last month. And then things happened. But we had our cold case guest, and that just worked out nicely. Yeah, so we did Josh Powell and his fucking sickoness. Uh, but Gary Gilmore is a... Uh, Gary Gilmore is particularly famous for, for one reason, really. Because he wasn't like this prolific serial killer like Ted Bundy. He wasn't this like like super national media attention fuckwad like Josh Powell. Um, but he was the first person to be executed after the Supreme Court lifted the moratorium on executions in the United States. Uh, it was 70s. 10 years. Yeah. It was a 10-year moratorium and, for um, Greg versus Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And then Foreman versus something. And by the way, that was done in, seven, in, in, seven, in 1776. Um, in 1976. And uh, Gilmore was executed uh, in January of 77. So. Yeah. They did not fuck around. Um in part because of Gilmore, but can we talk about Gilmore? Because outside of like the very publicness um, of his uh, execution, can we talk a little bit about him? Yeah, that's what we're here for. What kind of question is that? So he wasn't he wasn't born in Utah. No, he was born in Texas. Born in Texas uh, in 1940 under a fake name, but a real name. It was on his birth certificate as real, but his parents were using fake names because his dad was a fucking con man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by all accounts, a piece of shit, too. Um, but, of course, you know, if you're a con man, you've got to start out Both somewhere. his parents were. Yeah, his mom was fucking abusive. terrible, too. And they, they're like, the crazy stuff that they yelled at each other that's on record of, of them yelling at each other about um, Brigham, Brigham Young for Brigham Young. And, like. Because they were, they were members of the church. He was. Just him? No, no, no. Wait, she was. Not, not Gary Gilmore, but Gary's dad. She was she was a member of the Mormon Church. He was a member of the Catholic Church. Gotcha. Because she used to use like bad Catholic phrases towards him. Um, he was abusive. He was a criminal. So I mean, Gary Gilmore. First off, Gary's name is Faye. Um, what the fuck was his it? real name? Yeah, his real name was Faye. Um, Robert Kaufman. Yeah, Faye Robert Kaufman. And his mom's name was Faye, so he was named after his mom. So right out of the gate. <laughs> Is that kind of like a boy named Sue? Yeah, kind what the of. fuck are you naming your kid Faye for? Like, F. Oh, you added an E, so it must be a guy's name. Fucking Actually, idiots. I've seen girls' names F A Y E. Yeah, well, that's my point. Like, just don't name your kid that. Like, I don't give a shit what time of, uh, of the, the turn of the century it was. It was 1940. Don't name your kid after yourself if you're a woman and it's a dude. You're just making sure that kid... What if your name is Kelly? Don't name your boy Kelly. I'm sorry. I know it is a, a name that goes both ways, but it just asks for kids to be assholes. Same like Pat. Like our friend of the program. Our friend it, of the show. Yeah. Kelly. Well, okay, but think about this. Let, let's let's be clear here, right? Kids are, are generally... You know, unassuming and innocent people, but when it comes to names, they're the most ruthless fucking things on the planet. They're so fucking evil. Like, they don't get over the name-calling shit until they realize they can be vindictive other ways by, like, 11. 
<laughs> wow, this is a very specific thing that you've talked about. What was your name, Chris? Chris. <laughs> I'm just saying it's really hard to fuck up Chris and make fun of it. It really is. Plus, when you're... Pissy Chrissy. Nope. Never had that one. <laughs> I got kissy for once. That was a kid that called me kissy for He was a little asshole kid that I didn't <laughs> like. No one else called me that. Just him. Punched him a couple times. But it's neither here nor there. But anyway... <laughs> I'm done with the name rant. Um, but so not a not a great childhood. Uh, he acted out quite a bit. Um, got sent to juvenile detention a bunch. Um, I don't know. I wrote some shit down. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> Did your brother have bad nicknames? Because he got sent to jail. No. No. He was, he's only 14 when he started his criminal robberies and... But he wasn't killing anyone yet. No, and I don't think this is what this is what's weird. So when he was, I don't remember when it was, but like he had started, they moved up to Portland. Um, they got into he got he started getting into trouble into Portland. Um, he got transferred around with armed robberies from prison to prison. And he finally ends up in Utah, right? Up to this point, he's done some armed robberies, petty he's, stuff. He's actually been seen by some psychologists that tell him that say, hey, he's got a couple of problems. He's got some 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 disorders. Um, but, uh, you know, he's just a career criminal, basically, like he's never going to have a mate. He starts out life in a shitty place and he never really improves that uh, that lot in life. And then in um, when did he come to Utah? 1974. Six. Five seventy six, yeah. So he comes to Utah, he's on parole from uh federal prison. Uh he comes to Utah in April of seventy six. Um he's living with a cousin. Uh, she's trying to help him get work and kind of get back on his feet. Because I'll tell you, convicted criminals have a really fucking hard time getting jobs. Really, really hard time getting any kind of meaningful job. And I promise you, a convicted criminal today. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Baskin Robbins always knows. <laughs> yes, they do. They fucking always know. They always know. Well, I mean, think about it. We were talking about before we, before you guys got here and, and we were on the air, Jeremy and I were talking about the, the rent problem. Jeremy and I. <laughs> the rent problem. We were talking about the rent problem in Salt Lake. Right now, uh, a studio apartment is renting for around $1,300 a month. That's more than most of our mortgages. That's insane. That's really fucking crazy. So imagine you're fresh out of jail. The only place that you can really get a job is like McDonald's, maybe, and you're making eight bucks an hour. You think you can afford $1,300 a month for rent? So what do you do? The thing that you know can make you money. You rob people, you sell drugs, you do all that kind of stuff. Um, he tried to kill himself in prison, uh, when he was in federal prison. A couple of times, yeah. Um, so in 76, he comes here, um, he's 35 years old at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gets into a relationship with a woman, um, that kind of starts to go the wrong way, and in July of 76, so this is crazy how fast this all happened. I was like, I was, I mentioned that to my boss today when I was reading it, I was like, this might be the quickest that that an execution has ever happened to a killer like that. So, by the way, his girlfriend was, he was 35, his girlfriend was 19. 19. Yeah. Can't imagine why that didn't go well. Yeah. Well, and, okay, so in July of, of 76, um, it's it's alleged he was never convicted of this. And it's funny because 
most everything assumes he did the first crime and the murder, but he was never tried or convicted of it. Uh, so Max Jensen was a gas station attendant in Orem. He basically holds him up, um, puts him in a, in a position on his belly on the bathroom, and then fucking just shoots him in the head. Right, like totally just executes the dude after he complied with all of his commands. Uh, And then uh, the next night um, ends up murdering um, like a like a service station, like hotel motel manager. Oh, was the motel manager the second night? Now that's the one. That's the Bushnell guy, right? Yep, Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Bernie Bushnell or Benny Bushnell. Ben Bushnell. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the guy he ultimately gets convicted of. But it was because he shot himself in the hand and he was bleeding. And and there was an eyewitness. Yes. And so he, same thing, uh, basically just fucking shoots this guy in cold blood, which is totally out of the M.O. of of, of Gary Gilmore. He'd done violent stuff before, but he'd never, like, execution style tried to kill someone. Like, he'd never actually even shot anyone, I don't think, up to that point. Just committed the robberies. They, they both complied. It wasn't like there was a fight. It was just this cold-blooded thing, so... A lot of people think maybe maybe something did snap in him, right? Like maybe. Well, they're saying that the breakup with his girlfriend is. They're saying that's is, what triggered is, it. is the trigger to all this, and so he's just like, I'm just gonna fucking kill people. And so anyway, he gets caught. Um, his his cousin ultimately is the one that turns him in. Um, but uh, there's a witness. The trial is the craziest fucking speedy trial ever. So in October, so. Three months later, not even three full months later, um, like two and a half, basically, um, October 5th, he stands trial. It's two days long. Two days is it. That's it. So you get the guy that testifies. They have the gun. They've got a lot of evidence. Like, he's guilty. He's clearly guilty. Well, they right? find blood in his truck. They've So there's, yeah, DNA everywhere. There's really pretty much not, I mean, everything says he did it. There's not enough to connect him to the first murder. And so they actually don't even seek that one out. They end up just getting him for the Bushnell murder. So what made them think that he did the first murder? He admitted it. Oh. Off record. But they never actually charged him with it. But there wasn't. They, well, they, they could never actually there bring wasn't him with it. There was no evidence. Substantial evidence. Yeah. He admitted it off record that he killed both of them. But there, was not, there wasn't any evidence on the first one, especially not to convict him. Well, what kill? And this is this is where I'm probably going to start to rant a little bit. Um, what then, you you never rant? This is why I have a problem with the death penalty and with with capital punishment in general. So here's a guy. Clearly, something happened. He snapped. Right. The system has his whole life has been in the system between criminal abusive parents. Uh, all the way through juvenile detention and into prison systems. His whole life was a mess. He was never getting out of the system, uh, as it were. There's just probably no hope for that. But he snaps. He kills presumably two people. Let's just say he kills two people. When he goes to trial, his attorneys cross-examine zero witnesses. His attorneys call zero witnesses to the stand. He tries to testify in his defense, gets told no. Basically, he's like, my fucking attorneys are worthless. They won't even try to get me off on a technicality of I was not mentally capable of understanding right and wrong. They produce a couple of psychiatric evaluations that say, yes, he's got problems, but he knew what he was doing. But the attorneys don't really fucking argue for him. So he gets convicted and then he waives his right to habeas corpus. 
So basically what that means is, all right, I've been found guilty. I've been sentenced to death. Throwing your hands up in the air. I'm not going to appeal it. it. I'm not going to fight it at all. I'm just going to let it happen. His mom tried to... His uh, mom tried... Get it a stay uh, uh, the the ACLU got tried. several stays. Uh, tried to argue for him, and all the time he's saying, "I don't, I don't want to." He wanted to die. He wanted the state to kill him. He killed those people, presumably, so they would kill him. He tried to kill himself twice on death row. He tried to murder himself, suicide twice on death row. This is a guy who wanted to die. This is a guy who didn't truly get due process. Who had a really shitty defense team. And we still killed him. First guy after the Supreme Court, you know, execution. He told everyone to butt out. Yeah. He he just wanted to die. Which, you know, at, there is a part of me that's like, okay, the guy wanted to die, but why are we giving him that? That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Why are we letting that happen? Another interesting thing is he died by firing squad. So... um the state of Utah at the time, hanging and firing squad were our Don't two executions. Don't we still methods. have firing squad? Yes, we do. we do. So we are one of three states with firing squad on the books. We are the only state that can actively execute via firing squad. I want to say Oklahoma has one that's on the books that can only be used in the event that they uh, that they can't electrocute you inject you or put you in the gas state in the gas chamber that like all of those are found cruel and unusual then they can kill you by firing squad and there's one other and i can't remember who it is um really really kind of crazy some of the stuff surrounding the firing squad so utah used to do hanging and firing squad so utah's first execution was actually a public garroting (laughs) oh my god how gruesome i read that? that and i was like no and it was a so uh, it was in 1850, the spring of 1850, uh, a Ute Indian, uh, Pat Swatis. Of course it was. Was garroted publicly. So someone took basically a fucking piano wire and strangled him. Strangled him. And that was, that was the only one of those. Then well, a lot of hangings. Well, he was a Native American. It's totally fine. That's why I said as a A lot of hangings, uh, a lot of executions. Um, we were going to do the electric chair. Um, that turned out not to be something that we were able to i can't remember why um there was something about the electric chair that we couldn't get approved properly um so the the firing squad got abolished um uh, and retroactively but they had a grandfather clause so some of the inmates that had already chosen firing squad got to keep it um and then um in fact, the most recent one, Ronnie Lee Gardner, was firing squad. So, but then they made a law that said firing squad is legal um, only if the state's unable to obtain the necessary lethal injection drugs within 30 days of a scheduled execution. Nevada is the other state that has used a firing squad, um, but I don't think Nevada uses it anymore. Oklahoma is the only one with it still in the books. Um. Yeah, I could rant for days about uh, what my thoughts on the death penalty are, but we kind of already went over all that. The thing that the thing that gets me is two day trial murder trials now last like months and months and, and months. they don't start two months after the murder. That's what was the very first thing that I noticed. I was shocked. So he killed someone in July of nine of seventy six, was found guilty in October of seventy six, and was executed in January of seventy seven. Six months. 
from the time of the murder till the time we executed him. That's insane. And a lot of proponents of the death penalty will say that's what it should be like. I completely disagree. I think that's fucking crazy. I think that in six months' time, but that's not you... even enough time to gather proper evidence and and actually identify if something's fucked up with this guy. He never had a he never had a fair shake at life, and he wanted to die. And we're like, okay, you know what? Your life's shitty. Uh, you've been a fucking menace to society. Uh, you want the easy way out. We're going to give that to you. That's what bothers me more than anything about this case. I feel like a lot of these men and women come from this type of background, though. Sure. And Gary Gilmore was fucking smart. Like 133 IQ, they think. This is a smart person. But just couldn't go anywhere in life. Was abused, was... I, I can't remember if it was on the history.com that I was reading about um, the style of abuse that his father would um, administer to him. But yeah, if that happened now, it, you'd be in jail, I'm yeah. sure. He got beat. <laughs> he got beat for nothing. Like leather, like, like shaving, straps. shaving straps and mm-hmm. stuff. But I mean, we basically executed someone who was mentally ill. Yeah, basically. I mean, by all accounts, I'm not saying he wasn't completely conscious and, and aware of what he was doing. I not only think he was aware, I think that I think he, he did, it on purpose. did it because he was too big of a pussy to kill himself. Because he hated his life. Maybe, but if you do something like that, there's something wrong with you mentally. Oh, for sure. No one kills another human and doesn't have something wrong with them. Well, they said he had antisocial personality disorder. That's what yeah. the psychologists said. But not enough to plead insanity. So also, there's some there's some questions around his death as well. So in a firing squad in the state of Utah, the way it's supposed to work is there's five volunteer officers. So first off, anyone who fucking volunteers to shoot someone else and kill them. And I don't give a fuck what you say. That's cold-blooded. But there are five officers. They're all trained marksmen. They're all anonymous. They volunteer. They go up. Four of the five have live rounds. One has a blank, and the whole purpose behind no, it, the other way, right? Nope. 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 Four, Four of the five rounds, have live rounds. Blank. One has a blank. So, and it's because otherwise you could figure out with trajectory basically who fired the shot if it was one round. But with four rounds going into, we well, could body, figure out with striations. Mm, it's a lot more difficult and probably not something people will do because you have four rounds entering the body at roughly the same time, being able to figure out which one impacted first. That's why they do it that way. But um, the the I think it was his sister said that there were five bullet holes in the shirt that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. So they gave live rounds to all five cops. There is a Maybe silver lining. Incident. There is a silver lining. He did donate organs. Yeah, he donated his... He, he said, I want to donate my organs. Mm-hmm. Um, his last words were Latin for... Um, uh, I donate my organs? No, no, no. no, 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 for no. Lord, it's Lord be with you. Yeah, Lord be with and you. And with your spirit. And, and then the priest said... That's Catholic. Yeah, the priest that was administering his last rites. So once the hood was placed over his head, uh, Gary Gilmore said in Latin, you know, and the Lord be with you. And then the priest responded in Latin and with your spirit. Um so that so uh, the let's do it. I want to talk about that briefly. So 
Well, we got to finish talking about his okay. corneas first. Okay. okay. So he wanted to be an organ donor. <laughs> he donated his fucking corneas. So he, he, the, like the weirdest thing, like all the other organs in his body. Now he was probably an alcoholic and his liver wasn't. And he was riddled with bullets. <laughs> he did finish his execute. He did finish his term with bottles of Jack. So. Well, his, that's, his, that's, that's the thought that uh, his father, whoever smuggled him in. his brother. Right? His brother <laughs> smuggled in. But, but uh, his cornea is so people, there was, there's a lot of fame surrounding his death as a result of some of that. Like his eyes, the fact that his corneas went out, there was a song that was written called Gary Gilmore's Eyes that was covered by another band too. Sounds I'm like a play Steve, so, Steve Powell song. <laughs> so there was a... Isn't there, a, there's a movie about there's like this too. Yeah, there's a bunch of movies. So there's like, so like, I don't want keep playing that. What if those people see the things that he saw? So. Like that movie. Well, so, that's what people wonder. Like. So the publicist paid Gilmore $52,000 for the right for his story uh, and wrote the book called The Executioner's Song. But it won a Pulitzer Prize. Oh yeah, that 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 he, yeah, the author. Yeah. And so the author got very rich off. Norman of it. And then there Mailer. was a movie starring Tommy Lee Jones, uh, based off based of that book. off of it. And then I remember studying this case in college. That's how impactful this whole case was. I studied it in college. I remember, I remember. Well, it was monumental. Like it was the first execution post stay. It was the way the whole case went down is what's really crazy about it. Well, then we should have asked um um who's our DA? Sim Gill. Yeah, we should have asked him about this one. It's a little before his time, but he might. He, I'm sure he has an opinion on it. Yeah. So bef- before that, I was reading. Before that, there had been something like 450 executions total, and then. Right after that, there was over 1,800 executions after this case. So it ushered in a whole new yeah, era tons. of of all these all these states that were holding off executions. What? Like they were holding trials so they could fucking find people guilty. Like his execution. That's the thing. Like the moratorium gets lifted. He kills someone. He goes to trial. He gets executed. And Utah is another first in the country. <laughs> first gay marriage. Uh, being turned constitutional and and this and just so it, it that that's that's more of what makes this case so monumental as opposed to what he did was horrible. Killing two people is horrible, but generally speaking, that's not enough to get this kind of publicity. But it's no, it's everything. I don't think it should be that much to get a death penalty. Well, well and that's, that's why I say it's everything surrounding this case. It's that it ushered in a new era of capital punishment, unprecedented. Well, this, this was this was part of the you know for for Gary Gilmore in particular. This was part of some of the enhanced penalties for types of crimes, and so he committed a robbery, and then in cold blood, as the victim was was doing what he told him. He shoots the guy. You have to wonder if he knew it, if he had studied it, if he knew the, the penalties because of everything that was I, going on. I don't really wonder. I think he did. I think he knew it was going to happen. Knew it exactly. I, I think that other, otherwise, why did he just give up? Why did he just say, yep, uh, okay, I'm guilty. I don't want to fight it. Well, Kill so during the, during the, on the second day when they were in the trial, he said to his lawyer, if they're going to execute me, then that's what I want. Don't try to stop it. We're done. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, 
no attorney would do that. Like that, you just, it's not, it's unfathomable that someone wanted to die that much. And that because they wanted to die that much, we were just okay with it. It's crazy. You don't kill people that want to die. That's not punishment. Yeah. That happened to Neither the guy a couple killing, weeks ago. Neither is killing people that do want to die because then they're dead. and or I mean, that don't want to die because then they're dead and they... So you were going to say something about uh, the Nike slogan? So the Nike slogan. So, so this, Nike was, slogan? this was an article that you had actually put up for everybody to look at from uh, Guinness Book of World Records that... They say, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, his last words, or maybe the last part of his words, he said, let's do it. Yeah, so before, when they ask if he has any last words, that's what he said. He said, let's, let's do, it. do it. And and then the priest gave him his last rites, and that's when he said the Latin, but his last words were, let's do it. And according to the article from Guinness, based off the book and the movie, Nike admits to let's do it being the inspiration for their slogan, just do it. Which is still their slogan today. <laughs> Just do it. Anyway, that, I thought that was. It's pretty crazy, but that tells you how pervasive this particular story, this particular execution, has been throughout culture. There have been books and movies and and, and this Shoes. is and songs. And this is before the global fascination with fucking serial killers and stuff took off. I mean, these songs, that book, they were written in like the early eighties. Uh, the song was written in 1977. Yeah, the first one, the first original version was. Yeah. And then it was redone by a cover band, a punk cover band. Um, and there were more than one song. Like, that's just the one that actually was on the charts. There was more than one song, though. So it's just crazy how pervasive all that stuff was. Um, and I do wonder if it was that big of a deal back back then. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're still talking about it today. It made national news. I mean, it was always oh, a big deal. It was a, sure. it was a big deal. I was reading a lot today about capital punishment in the state of Utah, and I'm just disgusted. So, so by the way, this took place at Point of the Mountain in Draper. So just they cleared out one of the old yep. storage sheds that had put paint. a bunch of sandbags in it and yep. fucking shot his ass. And they put up a cubicle, well, a couple of cubicles for the, the witnesses to sit in and then for the firing squad to stand behind. So it was just a makeshift execution room. Really disappointing to me. That's, uh, can we go back to B fucking? <laughs> Do you guys have any more about Gary Gilmore you want to talk about? I no, will say. I, his case is so cut and dry because it happened so quickly. It wasn't like Ted Bundy or Josh Powell that's like going over years. And I mean, it was. Evidence. It yeah. was, it was t two days. Then he gets arrested and has a trial two months later that lasts two days. And well, they did. So I guess one last thing. So they did try a final stay of. What's the term? Stay, Stay of execution. execution. Um, and it it did not pass. The, the governor denied it three minutes before the execution. However, the executioner didn't know it, so they'd have killed him anyway. It's like the you life know, of David Gale. Because they didn't know that they were trying one last time, so he would have gone down anyway. But, but he didn't want them to fight. He didn't want that, though. He yeah, he refused all Again, help. he wanted to die. He said, butt out. He it's it's like the, the, the cop killers. The, or, well, the people that pull a cop on... Pull Suicide a, by cop? Yeah. My uncle's brother did that in Lehigh. Pull the gun knowing that they're going to shoot you. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, it's... Well, I, the guy downtown at the beginning of the month. I don't think... I, I think if he would have been alive today, that's what would have happened. 
I just get this distinct mm-hmm. impression, the way this case played out, the way the executions it that been he did. Suicide by cop. Yeah, because yeah. he was killing those people to be convicted. Like at some at some level, he's like, I'm gonna run until they catch me, and then I'm just gonna let it happen. Uh, and then he shot himself because he's fucking stupid and. Like, honestly, maybe there was some part of him that was like, this was not like I, I I have remorse about killing these people. And, you know, you've got nerves and he because to shoot yourself in the hand while trying to ditch a gun in a bush. (laughs) I mean, you have to be really fucking fumbly for that to happen, which means there was there was definitely remorse about what he did. Maybe panic set in. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe at that at that that point where you realize what you did. And panic sets in, and he's trying to... But I think perhaps at that point, there would have been a suicide by cop that would have occurred. Because he just... I'm I'm fairly convinced that he just had in his mind that there was no way out of the life he was in. And there really probably wasn't. Well, and and it probably was just a a culmination of his whole life of like... Yeah. Where did... like you said, Jess, that, that at the first of the month, the guy that ran his truck into mm-hmm. the shop, I I would assume he was after the same thing. I mean, shit, think about yeah, it. Gary yeah. Gilmore spent less than five months in jail. Mm-hmm. Two and a half, wasn't it? Two and a half months? Well, so he was in jail during his trial. Oh, okay. But he spent less than five months total in jail. Total. From mid-July till mid-January. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Five months. When, when in reality he should have gotten help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... It, how it's do you it, help somebody that doesn't want to be helped, though? Well, in the beginning, like... I mean, early, all of the, the other times... clearly failed him. Just like it failed your brother. Like, letting him off all those times. So oh, he's just a little kid. Just let him go. Well, he'd done nine years. Yeah. He he was previously. on he was on parole. Like, he had gotten out. He had, he had gotten a heavier sentence for being a career offender. And then he had gotten out off of that, and he comes to Utah, and he just picks right back up where he left off because there was he was on medication. I mean, yeah. one of the articles yeah, but, talks about, but a lot of people don't keep taking on, it. Is no. the problem? Well, and, I'll, and I, like you can't fucking afford it. You don't have a job. You don't have a place yeah, to live. Insurance or a lot of times, really mentally ill people start to feel better, and they think that they don't need it anymore, and they get off the medication. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's tough to say because we weren't there, we weren't with him, but I it it just this is part of why I am not a fan of the death penalty. Well, his brother wrote a book so that kind of documents their life and and uh it's Gary's life. Pretty horrific. So, you know, that that might give a bit more insight to where he was coming from perhaps. Well, uh to be fair, we're talking about murderers and, and well, here I have criminals. a funny story since I wasn't here at the beginning when everybody was telling their funny story. Did you tell my contact story already? No, no, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if it's a funny story. It was pretty fucking annoying all morning. I'm sure. So this morning I got up and I put my right contact in first every morning and then my left contact. So I put my right contact in and I put my left contact in and then I blinked and I realized I couldn't see out of my right eye. And so I kind of looked around, didn't see anything in the sink and I f- could feel something. And normally when that happens, like I just rub my eye a little bit and the contact slides down and I'm good to go. 
So I kind of keep doing that. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It's hurting more and more. And like, so I call Chris in and Chris looks around and he can't see the contact anywhere. So I'm like, it's got to be in my eye. And he's looking at my eye and he's like, no, no, it's not in your eye. So he's Googling what you do. And he's like, so some things say if you put another contact in, it'll like draw the other contact. So I'm like, fine. So I'm all pissed. So I put another contact in and I take the old, other old one out and I throw the, it away and I put a new contact in my left eye and nothing's happening and I'm mad and I can still feel it. And so I go to the gym that way and like, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just uncomfortable. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I just scratched my eye. So then I get home and I have him look again before he gets in the shower and I'm looking again right before I leave. And he's like, it's not in there, babe. You've dropped it. Like you've, you've probably just scratched your eye. Maybe you need to go to the eye doctor. I don't have time to go to the eye doctor. So I go to work and it's driving me crazy. And I go and in. What for, did I say about that? I don't have time to go to the eye doctor. You make time. You make time for the eye doctor. You don't fuck with your vision. <laughs> so I go in for my review. I have my review scheduled for, I think it was at 10. Yes, it was a 10. And I'm sitting in there and I tell my boss when I go in, like I'm having this problem with my eyes. So I'm really sorry. And so I'm messing with it the whole time. And we're in there for like an hour and a half and still not done with it. He's like, we have to have an intermission. And I'm like, good, because something is really bothering me. Now there's like this weird white glow in the center of my vision. <laughs> so I go in the bathroom and I get really close to the mirror and I can see the corner of it. And I, I get in there and I'd like try and pull and both of them come out. And sure enough, I have two fucking contacts <laughs> in my eye. Did you figure out which one was the new one? Yeah. Well, the one that was folded over, I assumed was the one that was stuck up in my yeah. eye. So I walk out to my boss's desk and I'm like, look, two contacts. So anyway, I fix it. And now everything's, everything's been fine. Doesn't hurt? Didn't scratch your eye? I, I don't think so. So <laughs> so tomorrow, if you're blind, we'll know what happened. Yeah. So also, for the record, it's a really good idea not to rub your eyes when shit like that happens, because that's how you fucking scratch your corneas. But anyway, so but I, if you really I wore fuck three them. If you really fuck up your corneas, you can get them from dead guys that Donate them. get killed in we'll sing songs firing about you. squads. Yeah. Anyway, so I wore three contacts to work in my two eyeballs that's today. That's tricky. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So I think that's going to do it. If you guys like what you hear, please share. If you don't like what you hear, share anyway, you assholes. Uh, if you don't like my contact story, suck it. <laughs> at TNU Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, The New Utah Podcast on Facebook, and TheNewUtah.com, where all of your answers are found on what to do in the state of Utah, because there's tons of shit. We talk about lots of it on, on this show. Next week, uh, we are interviewing the uh, one of the comedians that's going to be at that special event that Jess mentioned on May 8th. Um, she is part... 7th. May 7th. Whatever date it is next week. Uh, she is part of a group called Front Row Film Roasters, uh, and they are... Uh, uh, quite the funny cast and, and crowdsource uh, comedy is that their crowdsource like, comedy is their improv is name. Improv. Uh, and um, uh, we we will have an interview with them and talk about what they do. Um, I I don't MST three K maybe is the closest comparison, but not really even the same. So uh, they but, but they not do, B movies. No, they do good movies. Yeah. Uh, like well, they do real ones. Current ones. Blockbuster movies. Those Blockbusters. movies are very, very real. That's true. And they're very, very bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll interview them next week. Uh, I don't even know what's after that. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if you listen, you'll listen. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know who we're doing next month for our famous criminal or infamous criminal, but we'll we'll figure we it out. We haven't picked. 
we'll figure that out and uh hopefully you guys have a uh, a good week see you later kids <laughs> <laughs>